Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Mobile Word Podcast. My name is Pastor Nathan Paygard, and I'm grateful that you could join me today, and I'm looking forward to walking through the Word with you. The scripture that we're going to focus on for this episode of the podcast can be found in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 8, and we'll be primarily focusing on the verses between 34 and 35. Um, if you want to read more of the context, I always advise on the podcast and just in general, I advise reading more of the context uh, to get more of a grasp on the situation um, and what's happening around the verse that we're studying. So I encourage you to read the entire chapter, uh, chapter 8 of, of Mark's Gospel. But for our episode, for our discussion and Bible study, we're going to mainly be focusing on verses 34 and 35. So I'm going to be reading out of the NIV Bible, uh, the New International Version. If you have a different version that you prefer, feel free to uh, pause the podcast and read in the version that is most comfortable for you, uh, that you are most comfortable with. Read those verses or read the entire chapter. That would be great too. And then you can press play and rejoin us with the podcast as I read or listen to me read in NIV and then read your own version afterward. So I'll go ahead and read those verses, and then I'm going to read a little bit more uh, of the context just to give us a little bit more of a base to, uh, to, to start building our discussion for those two verses. So first I'll read verses 34 and 35, and then I'll probably just read verses 31 to verse 36. So I'll go ahead and read, then I'll pray, and then we can get into our discussion about the scripture. Okay, so this is Mark's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 34. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. Okay, let's go ahead and read from verse 31 to 36. Verse 31. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for a man to gain the whole world yet forfeit his soul? Okay, let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the scripture. I thank you for... Uh, preparing this opportunity for all of us to engage in your living word together as uh, as believers, as seekers. Lord, I thank you that we have your word that testifies about what is true and that that truth is embodied in your Son, in your Son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you that through him, in his name, uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can draw near to you through your word. We can hear your voice and that we can hear uh, exactly what you want us to hear, Uh, and how we are to apply that to our life um, in this world, Lord. I thank you that you 
uh, desire to converse with us through your word and the Holy Spirit. And I ask that during this time you speak clearly to all of us involved and that what is spoken um, out of my mouth, that you anoint that, Lord, so that what is relevant and necessary be spoken. Um, Not the will of a preacher, not my will, uh, but your will alone, Lord. Let that will be done in in this podcast, in this Bible study. So let truth reign and let the name of Jesus be worshiped and glorified. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So like I said, the verses that we're going to focus on primarily for this episode are 34 and 35. But as I was reading um, from 31 to verse 34, which is where we'll we'll start our main focus, uh, it just again showed me what what an important step it is to, to take the context of a scripture uh, that you're focusing on. Um, we have calendars, we have scripture of the day apps, we have um, all sorts of things around us that um, take little snippets of scripture uh, for inspiration or just a reset, a refocus, and that's great. And those scriptures are useful and those scriptures are true. Uh, so if you have a, one of those calendars or, or a, a scripture of the day, a verse of the day app on your phone or um, however you use it, if that's something that that gets you focused and resets you to the Word of God and the truth of the gospel and resets you to Jesus, then by all means keep using it. And and I and I'm I'm sure that that's going uh, to be used by the Lord to increase your understanding of the Word and increase your faith. However, something that we have to be aware of, something that we have to be careful with, is having a relationship with the Word in those snippets, in those small pieces alone. Uh, so having those those um, small verses that we focus on or that we read, uh, some of our favorite verses that we return to, that's great, but it must lead you to reading more of the Scripture. You know, that's not the end point, and that's, and that's a trap a lot of people fall into. They, they get used to that small piece Scripture mentality, and over time, you know, eventually, they're reading less and less of the Scripture and relying more and more on those small cut-out pieces. And essentially what happens is they, they start cutting up the Scripture in their mind. Uh, and unintentionally, you know, that, that is something that happens without a lot of people realizing it or knowing that it's happening. But over time, you start to understand the, the, the entire Scripture only through that lens or through that perspective of little verses. And what happens when you do that is that those little verses get disconnected and the actual meaning, uh, the power of those verses that that really are powerful verses uh, starts to get reduced. It starts to get dulled because it has no connection to anything else. Um, and, you know, a verse... Um, you know, like, you know, like John 3.16, something so famous you see everywhere um, that everyone knows, uh, the for God so loved the world verse. Um, everything in that verse is true, and everything in that verse is foundational in the Christian faith, but you have to understand the context that that's been spoken, uh, what other things are being spoken along with that, to get a full understanding of God's voice and the the, the message of the gospel, or else it just ends up being inspirational quotes. And God forbid us if we reduce the scripture to inspirational quotes. Because honestly, when you do that, when you take the power of the context of scripture, 
the entire story arc, what God has been saying, not just what he said in that moment. If you take that out of that verse, there's no power left in that verse because what you've done is you've redefined what that verse means in terms of just what it means to you and not what it means to God, which is that's the whole purpose of scripture is to hear the Father's voice, to know the Father. And the Father has many different moments, many different uh, emotions, and he has a lot of different words, not always encouraging, not always very uh, gentle and sweet. To understand the gentleness and the sweetness of his words, which are abundantly present in Scripture, you also have to take with it those moments where he is speaking out of anger and wrath, where he is furious in order to get the balance and in order to appreciate how sweet those moments are when they come, which they do come. So we have to be careful. And, and when, I, when I was reading, uh, I read verse 34 and 35, and then I read verse 31 to 34. It reminded me of that, that necessity. Because 34 and 35, we could take those verses and talk about them and probably get the main point out of it, you know. But if you're reading 31 to 34, you have this story uh, focusing on Peter um, and and his interaction with Christ that provokes Jesus or 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 pushes Jesus to make the comments that he makes in thirty four thirty five, which are also uh, equally as famous and well known. So to set up the context, uh, you have Jesus teaching, but not just teaching you know fundamentals and basics about the Christian life, but prophesying, a uh, prophesying about what's going to happen to him soon, which is his his persecution, his suffering, his death. Um, so Jesus never shied away from that. You know, Jesus wasn't hiding that from the disciples or from the public. You know, that was something that was being openly declared. You know, Jesus was making it very clear what was going to happen, 100% for sure. And, you know, one of the reasons why he's doing that is that just like with prophecy from the prophets of old, so that it can be verified when it actually happens. You know, what we read in Isaiah, what we read in Jeremiah through all the prophets, we can see that it's happened or it's going to happen. You know, none of God's promises have failed. Everything that he has declared has either happened, is happening, or will happen. We can't look upon any of it and say, well, that was just wrong. We can't. Especially if you look at the prophecies concerning the Messiah, concerning Jesus. It's just one check mark, check mark, check mark after another check mark. It all it all checks out. Everything that was prophesied about who the Messiah would be, where he would come from, what he would say, what he would do, how he would die. That was all laid out in prophecy. And Jesus is affirming that by declaring it, not hiding it not acting surprised by it, saying, this is what will happen to me. As awful as it sounds, this is what will happen to me, will, guaranteed. And then this is also laid out there so that later when it's happening, they can see it from both ends. And they can they can realize this is what he said was going to happen. It's all affirming his sonship. It's all affirming him as the Messiah. Not just as someone who has a magic trick where they can see into the future, but this is all pointing towards him being the Messiah, the Christ. So what happens in 31 to 33? Peter hears it and rebukes Jesus. 
I mean, that's just, that's, it's crazy because we know the context of Jesus being the Messiah and Peter being Peter. But just in putting ourselves in the context of first century Palestine and the relationship between a disciple and a, and a rabbi, you know, a teacher and a student, that's crazy that you would rebuke your teacher, you know, that you would rebuke the authority figure. But Peter, I mean, you know Peter through the gospel, his emotions fire first. And then his discernment and wisdom are, are racing behind, trying to catch up and pull it back. But his emotions go out. And he cannot believe, or he will not believe, that Jesus, being anointed and holy as Peter knows him to be, is going to suffer the things that Jesus says he's going to suffer. He just can't have that. He can't handle that. can't have that. So he rebukes him. And then what does Jesus say so famously? Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. So take that, that what Jesus says and how he's reacting to what Peter's doing. Peter has a different understanding or a different opinion of what should happen with Jesus the Messiah. Then what Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. It's obviously intense extreme to refer to Peter in that way. But he says, you don't have the things of God in your mind. You have the things of men saying you're using your human expectations and understanding, and you're applying them to God's will and purpose. And you can't do that. Having that frame of mind, having that attitude, and then trying to walk with God is incompatible it's like the old wineskin and the new wine. The new wineskin, the new wine will burst the old old wineskin. So you have that being the foundation. You know, talking about context, you have that being the foundation of the verse 34, 35, saying that there's a big difference between what you want and what God wants. Period. And not only that, that there's a big difference, because we could get there, you know, pretty pretty quickly. All of us, we could realize that, okay, yeah, you know things that God sees can happen, you know, maybe that's going to be different than what I think will happen. You know, I'm human, he's God. We can get there. But saying that the next step is that you're in opposition to that. So Jesus is not just saying, be careful, you might do that. He's saying, right now, you are in opposition. Right now, you don't have the things of God in your mind. I mean, he is declaring that to Peter in that moment, real time. So right now, that's coming down to us. That's coming through this, in this podcast. Right now, you don't have the things of God in your mind. And I'm included in that. That you is, is collective. That's a plural. Period. And he starts that by saying, by saying, get behind me, Satan. So we're taking that even further, saying, within you is a spirit of sin that the enemy uses, manipulates, and takes advantage of to get your eyes off of the omnipotence and omniscience and omni, om, omnipresence of God and onto a finite being like we are. Saying, God, saying the enemy is working through you to oppose me. I mean, there's a lot there in the context and we haven't even gotten to what 34, 35, but you have to understand that context to understand those verses that we're going to talk about, 34, 35. Jesus is saying, right now, within you is a spirit that not only 
opposes God's will. But right now you are being used. So again, like in Ephesians 6, saying that the battle is not against flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. The enemy is using you, using the sin in you, and using your flesh, your humanness. He's exploiting that to oppose the Lord's will in your life. He's using that in you. And then it's coming out through you. You know, it, it, when when Peter says what he says, he doesn't say, something just came over me. The enemy is speaking through me. He's, he's manipulating my mouth and my vocal cords. No, he says it. It comes out from him. But Jesus brings it down and says, the reason why you said that is because there's something in you that the enemy is exploiting. Look deeper. Guard yourself deeper. It's not only what comes right out. It's coming what it's coming from a deeper source that you have to acknowledge, that you have to go there first. So there's a lot there in the context, but there's a confrontation about God's will, man's will, and Peter is being used in the example right there. Get behind me, Satan. So then we get to 34 and 35. So Jesus then calls not just the disciples, but he calls the crowd. And this is a teaching moment for everybody. And he says, If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me and for the gospel will save it. So you can see how it piggybacks right on the heels or right on the back of what happened just before with Peter and Jesus saying you have to deny yourself. If you want to follow me, and remember it's saying you have to come after me, not going ahead of me and checking back with me. If you want to follow me, you have to deny yourself. The things of man that are in your heart or in your mind and coming out through your, through your mouth, you have to deny that. I mean, that is, that is maybe the most fundamental aspect of what it means to be a Christian. One of the most fundamental aspects of what it means to follow Jesus. You know, in the same way that Jesus says all the law and the prophets are, are, are consumed, are bound together in this one command, you know, to love thy neighbor, to love. In the same way, what Jesus is saying is saying, if you're to do anything in association with me, and not just in association, but living a life following me, you have to deny yourself. And uh, this, the scripture that we're focusing on today, um, we, we got it from an individual who was asking or making a comment about, you know, what is my cross? Or, you know, how do I know what my cross is? And to a degree, that's, that's a correct, it's a, it's a correct understanding or it's a correct question. But then on the other end, it's, it's, we have to go bigger than that. And we have to understand what Jesus is saying. Because we all have things, you know, we all have things that we, when we, when we hear Jesus telling us right now 
You have to deny yourself in order to follow me. I'm sure all of us think of things that we would need to deny. You know, we get into the specifics. And that's that's part of who we are as humans. You know, we tend to look at, okay, what can we change? What can I change? What's something that if, you know, we, we've been talking about, I have a thing in my mind or in my heart that opposes God. Okay, what in my life opposes God? And while that's that's good that we can we can pinpoint things that are interfering that are creating stumbling blocks with us following Christ you know it could be money it could be your career it could be substance abuse it could be relationships or people in your life it could be a lot of different things shopping it could be clothes a lot of different things we each have something where we can immediately pinpoint and say okay that's definitely making it harder for me to follow Christ i need to deny that but Jesus isn't saying you've got to find the things to deny or you've got to find that one thing to carry. That one thing is going to be the sacrifice or the burden. He's saying you have to be denied. You have to be sacrificed. He's saying those other things will come with it because those things are associated with you. But I'm not talking about starting with the small things. In order to follow me, you have to deny yourself. You have to deny yourself. That's what, that's, everything else is connected to that. You have to deny yourself. And that cross is not just a symbol. That's not just an analogy for us to understand carrying something heavy. No, because what we know, Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, is saying that your burden should be light. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So when we think of my cross, a cross is a heavy wooden object that would seem heavy to bear. But then Jesus says we need to give him our burden, that we shouldn't feel burdened and, and overburdened and weighed down. So we have to ask, what is he getting at? You know, what is what is his main teaching point when he says everyone has to deny himself and carry his own cross. You know, being willing to lose his life to live and not try and keep his life and ultimately die. So as I was reading verse 34, 35, I was asking the Lord right before we started, what is the cross? You know, what does the cross mean? Because there was only one cross and only one person, the person of Jesus Christ, that could accomplish what was accomplished on the cross. So what does it mean for us to carry our cross? For us to take up our cross and follow Jesus. What does that mean? And God was just showing me what did the cross mean for Jesus? We obviously cannot touch what he accomplished through his sacrificial death, conquering sin, and paying for our transgressions. We cannot do that. But outside of that, what does the cross represent? And how does that associate with my life as a Christian following Jesus, coming after Jesus and denying myself, having the thoughts of God in my mind, in my spirit, and not the thoughts of men? And the Lord showed me three things. The cross, the cross sorry, my mistake, the cross represents obedience to God, 
faithfulness to God and having a sacrificial nature for God. So again, the cross, carrying your cross, means to be obedient, faithful, and sacrificial. It's my belief that those elements, you know, connected together, represent what it means to carry our cross. That's our cross. So a lot of details can be filled in. It's like a coloring book. You can choose what color. Each of us have a very have very different lives, very unique circumstances, but they are all tied together in my belief in those three things. The cross represented obedience, faithfulness, and sacrifice. And to be a Christian, to come after Jesus, to follow him, to carry my cross means to resemble and to mirror those elements represented by Jesus and his cross being obedient, faithful, and sacrificial. So let's just quickly run through those and then we can we can wrap it up for this episode. So first, the cross being obedience. As a Christian, as someone following Jesus, you have to be obedient to the direction and to the commands of Jesus. To be obedient to the commands of Jesus, to be obedient to the guiding and direction of Jesus, the new way of your life, going through the narrow gate, you have to deny yourself. No one who is being obedient to the commands of Christ and walking through the narrow gate cannot look at you and say, I've never once had to really deny myself. It's actually going really well, and it's actually pretty easy. You will never meet anyone that with integrity to the gospel will say that. You might meet people that say that. That's easy to say. Our mouth can create a lot of different words. But with any integrity to the gospel, you will not hear anyone saying that because it's not possible. The commands of Jesus are so holy and so holy and set apart from the, the, the thoughts of man, from our flesh and our sinfulness, that in order to be obedient to Christ, you have to deny yourself. The things that you once loved, the way you once thought, like Peter, your assumptions, your ideas, your passions, all of those have to go through the filter of the gospel, through the filter of the cross, and possibly some of those things will go through and be anointed in a new way. But a lot of things won't pass the filter. And those cannot pass the filter. They are not allowed to pass the filter. If you intend to follow Christ, those things are left behind. So the question to you right now, the question to myself, what are those things that you're trying to squeeze through the filter of the gospel that you know are incompatible with the commands of Jesus. And his commands are strict. We can't sugarcoat that. His commands are strict and those standards are high. When we as sinful creatures look upon the righteousness and holiness of Christ, it's a mountain that needs to be moved. It's not a tiny dirt pile. It's a mountain. 
because we realize the gap between us and him. But in, if in order to receive Christ, to follow him into a way of righteousness, you have to be obedient to what he says. So first, do you know what he says? Do you know what he says in the gospel? That's why we do these Bible studies. Get in your word. Do you know what he says? Do you know what he is commanding of you? When he says counting the cost, do you know what cost is being counted? If you don't, and you proclaim the name of Jesus, we have a problem there. Because only by counting the cost, or in other words, knowing what he says, can you make the decision, can the Holy Spirit bring you vision, spiritualized to see that I am sinful, I need forgiveness, and his way is the only way. I will lose my life to gain my soul and eternity with my Savior. So first, do you know what he's asking of you? And then second, are you doing it? Of course, he has grace. Of course, he knows we are but flesh. Of course, he knows that we have sin warring within our spirit. However, do you know what he says? And are you praying and asking the Lord to help you overcome and leave those thoughts of man in the past and follow him? Are you being obedient? That's a cross. And that's a burden without Jesus. With Jesus, he says, come to me, all you weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. He takes that, and we get peace in return. Second, the cross means being faithful. Following Christ in the same way that with Jesus and his cross was obedient to the Father, whatever God was providing for Jesus, he accepted. In the same way, God was presenting a course for Jesus that required that Jesus trusted in the will of the Father. Because of his humanness, because of him being flesh, he was limited in what he saw. And there were, there were moments, I'm sure there were many moments, where Jesus had to have faith. He had to exercise faith. And we see that most vividly in the Garden of Gethsemane. When Jesus falls to his knees, falling upon his face and asking the Lord three times, asking the Father, Abba, Father, if it is your will, can you take this cup? But if not, let thy will be done. In that moment, you can hear it. You can hear the son saying, I'm not sure, but I trust you. Well, then painfully on the cross, Elohi, Elohi, lama sabachthani. My God, why have you forsaken me? That's not the voice of a savior, of a person that says, I'm all good in 30 minutes, it's fine. There was trust there. There was faith. And there was honesty with, I'm not sure where I am right now, but I trust you and I trust your providing. There's many of you right now that are in a situation where you want it to be finished. You want things to change. You want there to be a new chapter. 
and you're not sure how long this chapter is going to last, and you're not sure what's next. Following Jesus means that we are exercising the faith of Christ by associating ourselves with his name. We are associating ourselves with his cross, and that cross required that the Son trust the Father. Despite being, being holy and being the anointed one, he didn't know everything. And he trusted the Father. He said, let thy will be done. Whatever thy will is, let thy will be done. So right now, the second question is, are you trusting him? And to trust, to trust the Lord in this world requires that we deny ourselves, because our nature is to know everything right away. We want to know what's next. We want to plan. We want to have a two-year plan, a six-month plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. We want to have all of our ducks in a row. We want to feel secure. We want to feel safe. We want to feel protected. And denying ourselves and following Jesus means that we might not see more than a day We might not see more than a week. And that's okay. And not only okay, but that's normal. Because it's thy will be done, not my will be done. So first, are you being obedient to the commands of Jesus? Like Jesus being obedient to the Father. Are you being faithful to his will in your life? Like Jesus was being faithful, not knowing everything, not having all of the information, but knowing that God is good and God is in control. Are you exercising faith in where you are right now, knowing that God is good and he is in control and therefore I'm exactly where I need to be, that he has prepared me for this place and he has prepared this place for me? In order to do those first two things, you will find it extremely hard to make your old life be compatible with this new life. You will have to deny yourself and deny that old life to begin the new life, the new walk with Jesus, which will ultimately give you the things that you've sought for so long. You will have peace in your heart. You will have courage and strength, and you will have joy, abundant joy following Jesus. But you have to deny yourself and to be faithful like that, to be obedient like that, you will find that you have to deny yourself. There will be a war in your spirit Third, and lastly, in order to carry your cross, what the cross means to us is you have to be sacrificial. We don't have to take much time at all reminding ourselves the sacrifice, the sacrifice of Jesus, what he did on the cross, giving up his entire life for us. If you want, take a moment and read Isaiah 53. And take a, take a few minutes and read that. Jesus sacrificed everything for us. So why would we ever think that carrying the cross of Jesus, carrying our cross, coming in behind, following after Jesus, would not require us to sacrifice? And again, this isn't starting in the details. That one thing that you know you've got to give up. Yeah, that might be true and that might need to go. But go deeper than that. Your whole life has to echo that sacrifice. 
your entire livelihood has to be built up in sacrifice. And not just denying yourself, but sacrificing the things that you want, the things that you're comfortable with. Everything, your whole life. Like Paul says, we are living sacrifices. Everything about you has to be submitted to the Lord at the altar and saying, Lord, my life is yours. Let thy will be done. You don't own it. You don't own anything anymore. Nothing you have is yours anymore in the name of Jesus. That's what that means. And none of you, not me, not you, anyone listening to this can hear that. I'll repeat it. Nothing is yours anymore. Everything you have, everything you are, is Christ. You are a slave to Jesus. Now think about that. Repeat that in your mind and ask yourself, will I have to deny myself? You, of course, have to deny yourself. You have to give up your life. You have to be willing to give up your entire life because what you've seen in Jesus far surpasses anything you have in this life the gifts you have in Christ of knowing Jesus, his love, his forgiveness, his acceptance, his affirmation, his presence. Nothing in this world can separate you from that. Because once you realize how wide and deep and high all of those, once you realize what that love of Jesus means, nothing Nothing can get in between you and our Father. So to be a follower of Jesus, to come in after him, you have to be willing to sacrifice everything. So once we know that, once we have the big picture that this sacrifice is everything, everything. So first, you have to be obedient to what he says. No matter how comfortable you are to what he says, no matter how, how easy it is, no matter how justifiable it sounds, when he says yes, his yes means yes. And when he says no, his no means no. There is no gray area. His way is the only way. Do you know it? Do you follow it? That's carrying your cross. You'll have to deny yourself. Second, are you faithful to the will of our Father in Jesus' name? Are you faithful for the direction of the Holy Spirit to guide you into righteousness, no matter how much it might oppose your one-year, six-month, one-week, one-day plan? Are you being faithful and trusting, saying, God knows, and if he says stay, I will stay. And if that means for the next 20 years, I will stay, and I will seek the face of my Savior, and I will rejoice. Again, I will say, I will rejoice because I am fulfilling the will of my Father who is good. Or, if you're comfortable where you are, and God is saying, get up and leave. And you think, how can I leave? I have my friends here. I have my job here. I've worked forever to have this position. If he says leave, again, the commands, are you obedient, but are you trusting? And saying, the Lord is good. What's next must be exactly where I need to be. He's prepared it for me. Thank you, Abba Father, for giving me what I need, not giving me a stone when I need bread. And do you leave? And with all of that, are you willing to sacrifice everything you have for the name of Jesus? 
because Jesus sacrificed the ultimate sacrifice on the cross so that you don't have to do what he did. He took that. But what he is requiring of his disciples, recipients of the gift that he brought us on the cross, is he saying, you're going to have to sacrifice your life to gain new life in my image. So for us in this Bible study, what it means to take up your cross and deny yourself means to be obedient to the commands of Jesus, to be faithful to the will of our Father in Jesus' name, and to be sacrificial in your life for the name of Jesus. That's every day taking up your cross and following him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the cross. It might sound like a burden right now to our ears and to our sin, but Lord, I thank you that Jesus has carried the burden. And I thank you that because of him, in his name, we can give him this burden, this burden of a new way that wars against our old life and the the thoughts of man. I thank you that we can give him our burden and say, Father, in Jesus' name, come, help me, save me. I ask that you encourage us to be saved today and in every other day so that the name of Jesus can be worshipped and glorified as our Savior. Lord, help us to trust in the name of Jesus as we take up our cross and follow him. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so we'll leave it there for this week's episode of the Mobile Word Podcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in, and remember uh, to send me your thoughts or questions or comments or scriptures. If you have anything you'd like discussed on the podcast, uh, we love to include it, love to use that as a basis for an upcoming episode. Um, I'd love to uh, make this podcast as accessible, as accessible um, and as relevant to your walk with Christ right now. So thank you again for listening. Uh, Until next time, enjoy the word and God bless.